Hi, everybody. Welcome to a very special Wild Card Series recap episode of the Base Hit Ball 4 podcast. I'm Glenn Zunigris along, alongside Scott Roswald. As you can see, only half of the crew with us today because, you know, what we want to do this month is just put out content as it happens to keep everything fresh and make sure all of our content is, you know, relevant because things change day by day. So no matter what, we're going to do a show after each round. And the wildcard series is finally over. All the series are done. It was a very, very entertaining wildcard series, Scott. And I was thinking about this um, while watching these games, especially on that Wednesday when there was like five games on at once. Yeah. At one point. Um, between the 12 o'clock games then to the, like, the later games, there was five at once, and I had this whole setup with all these screens and computers out, and it had like this March Madness feel, and I didn't know how I felt about this as the season went on when they announced that they were expanding the playoffs, but you got to say, there's, there's definitely things that could be altered and maybe made more fair for the teams that over course of 162 are good teams. Like if the Dodgers win 110 games, they shouldn't have to play an 80-win Brewers team, even if it's a foregone conclusion they're going to win, because you never know, as we saw with the Miami series. So there's things they can alter. They can implement bye weeks, maybe, or maybe just make it a little bit more of an advantage for that home team in the playoffs. But I think this, I think this system is here to stay for the foreseeable future. Yeah, it, it sounded like it was kind of the plan. That's what Manfred wanted. Obviously, it makes Major League Baseball more money, more games, more ad revenue. Um, next year, hopefully when there's fans back in the stadium, more games, more money. That's I think that's really what it comes down to. I don't think Major League Baseball really cares that two teams under 500 might make the, make the postseason. Uh, they're just concerned about uh, more bit playoff baseball because, as you said, Wednesday we had five games on at one point. Absolutely loved it. Uh, I didn't get much work done this week because of postseason baseball, um, but it was just so enjoyable having to be able at having multiple games, being able to go back and forth between games. If one game was not so entertaining, you could just flip over to something new and something more exciting is going to be happening. So uh, I think you're right. Plus this format's probably going to stay. Um, probably you, you could earn that. If you're that top seed, you could probably earn that by um, just so you don't have to risk losing in a first-round matchup on something fluky. Uh, you earn that right. If you win 100-plus games, you shouldn't really have to be sweating out a first-round matchup. Um, but, yeah, it, it's been exciting. It's been, it was a great first round, a lot of great games, uh, some great series, some upsets. So I was, I was pleased with uh, this first week of postseason baseball. Yeah, I don't think you could have asked for more as a baseball fan to the week that we just had with all those games. I want to give ESPN a lot of credit because they had that squeeze play kind of red zone-ish kind of channel going on if you had ESPN+. And they all did a pretty good job. It's really hard to call games from a studio when you're not actually there. And I thought all the broadcasts were totally fine. And another thing that I was worried about, vibe without a crowd, like playoff games in empty ballparks. But... Yeah, especially as a Yankee fan who has a dog in the fight in the Yankees-Cleveland series, those are really intense matchups, even without a crowd. So the intensity of the postseason, it didn't really lose a lot with it without, you know, fans in the stands screaming their heads off. So I thought it was, I thought it was a really good week. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, awesome week. Uh, definitely didn't lose – you lose some of the atmosphere, but um, as you mentioned, postseason baseball is different. Play play style is so much different. 
Um, it's way more tight. Managers are on top of their game, making sure nothing gets out of hand too quick. Uh, definitely didn't lose that. You had that excitement, that intensity. Uh, that that second Yankees-Indians uh, game was an all-time classic. Um, Nail-biter for, for you guys. Oh, I was dying. Uh, the game last night, game two of Padres and Cardinals, another phenomenal game. Um, yeah, just, just an awesome week of baseball. I'm, I'm excited moving forwards. Uh, now we're going into the, the bubble format, into the, two, uh, the four cities uh, moving forwards. I think it's, it's going to be great. So let's break down the wild card series one by one. There are 16 teams, eight series. In the end, the Yankees, Rays, Astros, Athletics, Dodgers, Padres, Miami, and Atlanta move on. We'll start with the series that just concluded about 10 minutes ago. The Padres, after losing the first game, came back and won the next two against the St. Louis Cardinals. Game one, the Cardinals dominated the Padres 7-1. Game two was, as you said, a great game between – the two teams 11 to nine in favor of San Diego. The Cardinals came out firing four, nothing lead late into the game. It looked like all was lost for San Diego. And then Tatis and Machado went back to back and then Myers hit one and then Tatis hit one again. And then Myers hit another one. So the Padres completely exploded. They didn't let up in game three tonight, beating the Cardinals four to nothing. And I felt like the Cardinals after losing a game like that yesterday, were just completely done. I, I, I thought that Flaherty would give the Cardinals a chance to win, but their offense just didn't show up today. So in the end, it will be the Padres moving on to face the Dodgers. I think that's the division, the division series in the National League that everybody wanted. Just like in the American League, everyone wanted the Yankees Rays, and we're going to get into that in a second. But all in all, a very, very impressive showing by the San Diego Padres. Their first experience in the playoffs since 2006, the first playoff series wins since 98 when they went to the world series and it was the stars that really brought them back from the dead because they looked like they had no shot and then one swing by tatis and it all changed in an instant yeah he, he tatis jr stepped up huge for the padres the two home run game uh he played and then tonight played great defense made a couple great plays um at shortstop uh had a couple big hits as well today um yeah, the Padres just – they fought back. They easily – after game one, they could have rolled over and died, especially without Clevenger and without Lamette for this series. Uh, they were short on pitching. But Jace Tingler, you have, you have to tip your cap to him. He did a phenomenal job managing their bullpen, getting them through those games. They used nine different pitchers today. Uh, they I don't know how many they used yesterday, but – the game set a record for most pitchers used at 17. Um, so that bullpen pitched a lot of high leverage situations and they, they came up big every single time. Um, and then going on to move and play the pot or play the Dodgers is it's going to be an exciting series. Um, that's kind of what everyone was looking for. They've had a little drama a little couple weeks ago um, with the home runs. So, it's gonna be it's gonna be a good series there. Another one, another note to throw out there is, just experience wise, the Dodgers or sorry, the Padres had very little postseason experience, um, versus compared to the Cardinals, where Yadier Molina played has played more postseason games by himself than the entire Padres organization and mm-hmm. players there. 
Um, so just for a team that didn't really know what to expect, they had a great showing. Uh, as a just a baseball fan, it was good. As a Padre fan, if you are one, uh, you should feel good about them moving forwards uh, in this matchup against the Dodgers as well as just in the future. They're set up so well uh, moving forwards. They're going to be a threat. Um, so that, uh, it was a great series there. Yeah, and I really think the Padres can make some noise later on when they play the Dodgers because they lost game one and then they were staring Wainwright and Flaherty in the face and they beat both of them. I mean, it, it took a while for them to get going. I think Tatis didn't hit that home run until what, the sixth or seventh inning. Yeah. Um, but, you know, this is, a, this is a team, they don't have a lot of experience, but they have some guys who have been there before. Machado's played in the playoffs with the Baltimore Orioles early in his career. Um, Eric Hosmer won a World Series with Kansas City. They have some guys, Clevenger, when he's on the mound, obviously pitching the playoffs for Cleveland. They have some guys that know what it takes to win in October, and they shouldn't be taken lightly. And we'll talk more about them in a second when we preview the Dodgers series. But talking about the Cardinals for a second, this is the second time they've completely collapsed. I mean, last year they uh, beat the Braves. Remember that game five? They scored like 15 runs in the first inning, whatever it was, and then went on to Washington. And didn't even show up. Like, it wasn't even competitive, that, that NLCS. And then, you know, they get the big home run from Goldschmidt in game one in the first inning. And then they have a lead. go in. They have four, a 4 nothing lead in game two. This is nothing short of a collapse. That's what you have to describe this series as for the Cardinals. They completely shut down after Tatis hit the home run. Uh, they lost. They didn't score a run in this decisive game. Um, I think baseball got what it wanted with San Diego, because I think they're a more exciting team. And obviously you sprinkle in the rivalry with the Dodgers that's about to happen. But from a Cardinals perspective, this is the second time their offense has completely disappeared in October. Yeah. It wasn't a great showing tonight. Um, Jack Flaherty pitched an amazing game. He, he went out there. Great. He threw six, six innings, gave up one run, struck out eight. Um, you got to go out and get him at least one run. That that completely changes the complexion of this game. And they had opportunities. They had the bases loaded, and they they couldn't uh, they couldn't score a run. Um, I I don't know. It's just their offense. There's no one really there that's gonna really blow it open. Paul Goldschmidt's mm-hmm. a great hitter, um, but he's not that forty home run guy. He's more of a you know. 30s kind of a guy um their leading home run hitter this year was brad miller a guy who came off the bench for them um just not not a huge explosion on that offense they do the little things but they obviously didn't do it tonight um to win a crucial game and then going back to last year too the same thing it's basically the same group of guys minus marcelo zuna um and he had a huge year for the braves this year his bat probably would have helped them if they chose to re-sign him. They didn't. Um, but just the Cardinals just aren't exciting as a, as a team. I, I know you're not a huge fan of them. No. Uh, just They're just boring. They're, There's they, no sex appeal to the Cardinals. No, That's they, the word I used. They're, they're just so boring um, as an organization. A historic organization, but boring, in, yeah. in my opinion. I mean, it's a shame because, as you said, they are a historic organization, and they go to the playoffs all the time. They've been to the playoffs, I think, in the last two decades since 2000, more than any other team, or close with the Yankees. I'm not, but they completely collapsed again, and you know, 
give it up, give it to the Padres. They, they saw it and they took it away from them. And I think the, I think baseball got a better matchup and going forward as we go into the off season, looking at the Cardinals going into 2021, there's a lot of free agents out there. There's Francisco Lindor who today said, you know, the reputation of the Cleveland organization is to trade me and I can't control if they do that or not. So there's guys out there for St. Louis to get. So kind of to wrap up the season and give a little obituary for the St. Louis Cardinals, they have Flaherty and they have Martinez and they have great pitching. That's the motto of their organizations. That's their MO. But offensively, they need to get that guy. As you said, they need to get that MVP candidate to slide behind Goldschmidt and have like a dynamic, you know, three, four. So that's something that they're going to have to do this winter is they have to get that, you know, bat. They need to replace Ozuna and probably get someone better. Yeah, absolutely. And there's a chance that Adam Wainwright and Yadier Molina aren't part of this organization moving forwards. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's hard to imagine them not being there and going to play for another organization, especially at their age. But I think Yadi proved this year that he still has a lot left in the tank. He had mm-hmm. a really good series, uh, still playing great defensively. But like, how, how much do you pay him at this point? Yeah. Can you afford to keep him? And I, I don't think they really have anybody in the wings that's going to replace him. But there's a certain free agent catcher out there, though. <laughs> there, there is one uh, that missed the postseason. But uh, it, it's just like it would be so odd seeing a Cardinals team without Yadier Molina. It would. It point. would be weird. They've been together since what? Oh five? Oh six? I think he came up oh four. It's a good. That's 05, a good sixteen yeah. years. Yeah. So Cardinals may be in the midst of a transitionary period or they need to make some changes. They can't just send out the same lineup every year and expect to win. Something that's really interesting, I said this in our group chat before and it ended up coming true, seven teams of the Central Divisions made the playoffs. None of them moved on. Yeah. So we talked about when we previewed this season about how the Central Divisions aren't that good. And when the playoffs came around and all the teams were finalized, everyone was like, oh, the Central must be good because – they all made the playoffs. Well, not really because they just all beat up on each other, and that's just the way the schedule works. So no central teams in the ALDS, and this will be a really quick conversation. The Dodgers were just better, and Milwaukee didn't belong on the same field. Milwaukee uh, had their chances. They had a bunch of guys in scoring position, especially in game one. But at the end of the day, it was the Dodgers. And then I don't think anyone picked the Brewers to have any sort of chance in the series. No, and if they did, they're either a Brewers fan or they're absolutely insane. Mm-hmm. Um, just they never spent a day this regular season above 500. They backed their way into the postseason due to the Phillies being terrible. Um, but yeah, the Central kind of they took advantage of the bad teams. They, I mean, the Tigers and the Royals and the Pirates were three of the worst teams in baseball. I know the Tigers hung around for a little bit early in the year, but they're still a young, inexperienced team. So the, the Indians, the White Sox, and the Twins were able to take advantage of those teams, plus the Pirates, who were awful this year. Uh, but when it, when it came down to it, when it mattered most, they fell apart. I mean, we were, we were ripping the Twins in our group chat uh, for being an embarrassment, which they kind of are. Um, the White Sox melted down in Game 3 against the A's. Uh, Indians struggled against the Yankees. The Reds, the Reds, I think, were the worst team in the postseason. <laughs> they didn't uh, score a run. 
uh, yeah, didn't score a run, so you should be at the bottom. And then the Cardinals, they they stunk today. Um, they were going into tonight's game. They were the Central was combined two and thirteen in the postseason, so make that two and fourteen uh, with tonight's loss for the Cardinals. Just just a bad performance by that Central divisions. So I'm not sure if we're going to all be, the four of us are going to all be back and do a whole DS preview, but in case we don't, let's quickly, you know, discuss the Dodgers Padres matchup. Um, no guarantee Clevenger, right? Is he definitely not going to pitch or is it on the fence? I don't, I don't think there's a definitive answer either way. I would probably lean more towards him not pitching. It didn't yeah. sound great. And lament won't pitch either, right? It didn't Most sound likely. like it either. He, they, both of them, elbow, elbow and shoulder or something like that for both of them. So it's not ideal. So without those two, it's going to be very hard for me to think that they have a chance against the Dodgers. But they, they do because what they just did, they just beat Wainwright and they just beat Flaherty back against the wall. So don't count them out. They have the lineup to put up runs against a Bleuler and a Kershaw, especially how Kershaw is so, you know, a seesaw in October. But at the end of the day, the Dodgers won the division for a reason. They went 42-17, and 17, whatever it came out to be for a reason they should be heavy favorites in the series but i would give the padres a padres chance in the series i don't see why not they have the firepower to do that and if their pitching staff just you know holds dodgers to like five or maybe six and the padres can out slug the dodgers maybe in one or two games and push it to a five i don't see how that's impossible uh, it's definitely definitely a chance for the padres i think it's just gonna be a little bit tougher with a five game series this time around. Um, Zach Davies is going to have to pitch better. He pitched well during the regular season, but he didn't pitch great in his, his start here. Um, Chris Paddock's got to be a lot better. He, he got rocked in game one. He's going to have to pitch better. I just don't, who's going to be that third starter. They need a third starter because he can't bullpen the next three games like that. No. That's asking way too much on that team. Uh, I know they're using Luis Patino, who's a 20 year old kid out of the bullpen. He's a future starter. Do they give him a chance? Um, They have Garrett Richards as well. Who's started a lot of games, but he has been used out of the bullpen so far in this first three games. Um, Does he get a chance? They need that third starter. They can definitely hit with the Dodgers, but the pitching it's going to come down to the pitching. Kershaw had a had a great start uh, in his first start of this postseason, but he's been up and down. We all know that he's he's got his demons in the postseason. Bueller's been shaky this year, but he's been good in the postseason in his young career. Um, for both teams, it's going to come down to who pitches better in this this yeah. DS series because they both can hit. They both have great lineups. They're going to hit the ball. It, whoever pitches better wins that series. It's probably going to be the Dodgers. Um, just they have a few more arms and we're taxed a little bit less in this wild card series. Uh, let's move on to the, the Reds in three. And not only did the Reds lose in two, they didn't they just... thing in their normal nine innings. Um, they wasted Bauer's performance. Um, in game one, which was just mesmerizing, he was absolutely fantastic. Solidify the fact you don't just the postseason stats don't count towards the Cy Young, but it's, it's solidified in my mind that he was the Cy Young of the National League. 
And then, you know, they really didn't have a chance in game two, kind of like how St. Louis kind of just gave in um, in game three. So disappointing series for the Reds. And now a lot of question marks as they go on. Bowers, you know, most likely not going to sign back with uh, the Reds. Um, is Sonny, Sonny Gray might be a free agent as well. If I, no, maybe. I think Sonny Gray's got one more year of control. Sonny Gray's got one more year, but they're going to have to replace Bauer if he doesn't re-sign. Uh, and also, like the Cardinals, this team didn't hit in the playoffs. Yeah, they they were they were an embarrassment. Um, outside of Nick Cassianos, no one else really hit. I don't recall them ever threatening. They had a couple chances in that first game, in the extra inning game. But what killed them was that play at third in game one. Yeah, they they were they the base running mistakes were were pretty bad. Yeah, uh, for them. But as you mentioned, Trevor Bauer threw an absolute gem. Uh, seven and two thirds with twelve strikeouts. Uh, absolutely dominated the Braves. Unfortunate that it had to go extras because they couldn't get him a run because. You know, it was a great performance. Same thing. Luis Castillo went out game two, pitched really well. If they score one run, yeah, it's a whole different complexion. But they were just—I don't know if it was the the early start times or mm. what it was—but they got dominated. They're a better team to get swept. They're a better team than that. Yeah, against the Braves absolutely. team. I mean, all all due respect to the Atlanta Braves, they're not you know the Dodgers. They're not a team that should be sweeping anything. No, because you didn't really know what the, you were going to get with their pitching. You knew Max Freed was mm-hmm. going to go out there and pitch well. Um, but outside of him, you weren't really sure. Ian Anderson's a rookie, made six or seven starts during the regular season. He had, another, he had a good showing out here um, in his start. Their bullpen pitched really well. But, I mean, the Braves didn't hit the ball that all that well either until no, they, late. they got a couple big hits from Acuna and then Ozuna, I think hit a big home run yeah, in late, game two. late in game two. They, yeah. they broke it open with that, that three run home run from Ozuna. Um, and Acuna had three hits in that game as well. Um, yeah. I, it, the, I see, I mean, the Braves are most likely going to beat the Marlins just because mm-hmm. they're the better team, but they're nothing to write home about. Like, I wouldn't be shocked if somehow the Marlins figured out a way to beat them. No, there's no, there's no reason why the Marlins don't have a chance. I think it's absolutely possible the Marlins win the series. Especially the, since the same exact, the same exact reason why we gave them that chance against the Cubs, and we all picked them against the Cubs because they they just play baseball the right way. Yeah, they they do the little things, especially since it's a division matchup. Like they've mm-hmm. seen each other, it was ten times this year, but. It's 19 times every other year. Like they're very familiar with this Braves core. Um, yeah, I, I, the Braves didn't impress me whatsoever. They could turn it on easily. That lineup is very good. They could turn it on, but what they showed wasn't that impressive. Yeah, I was not impressed at all with the Braves. I think the Reds more lost the series and the Braves won it. I think the Reds just uh, they just they weren't ready for the moment maybe because you know they're a good team. We were we I thought not I don't know about you, but they were my dark horse to make a run at this thing in the National League. At least make it to the 
CS against the Dodgers and, you know, bow out quietly there. They're, they're a much better team than what they portrayed in front of a national audience in the playoffs. Maybe they just, maybe they just weren't ready for the moment. I don't know. But other than Bauer, nobody else, and Castillo as well, nobody else really showed me anything in that series. So the Votto wasn't that great. Um, Castellanos, you said, was good. Um, who else? They just, they, nobody hit. It was just sad to see. Yeah, like Mike Moustakis, a guy who has won yeah. a World Series, been to two World, World Series. Series, went 0 for 8 with, I mean, it was only two strikeouts, so he's putting the ball in play, but still, you need him to step up. He's a leader on that team. Uh, a. Eugenio Suarez didn't really do much. That guy hit 49 home runs last year. Um, they just didn't get enough. Uh, and, and Joey Votto going into that postseason said, we're a scary team. No one wants to play us. Like, Yeah, how about that? I think everybody would have wanted to play him. Yeah, I think they were the easiest opponent. I mean, maybe the Twins were an easier opponent, but or the Cubs, which we'll talk to in a, about in a second. But just to put the, to bed the Reds, um, going to be interesting what they do in the offseason because more likely than not, Bauer is going to sign somewhere else. I know Bauer has this thing where he doesn't want to sign long-term deals, but if you put a seven-year contract in his face – I, I dare him not to take it. So we'll see what happens um, in the winter. But moving on to those Cubs, w- w- what a joke that was. I mean, give the Marlins credit. Give them their due. They deserved it. They were the better team in those two games. But how dare expectations that that organization has since 2016 when Theo Epstein put this team together to just absolutely – just completely die in the playoffs when you shouldn't be that team. You should be the team that won that World Series and you should be making deep runs every single year. They're way too talented not to. And they win the World Series one year. The next year they lose in the ALCS to the in the NLCS to the Dodgers. That's fine. That's respectable. Next year they lose in the wild card game to the Rockies after they blew the division lead and the Brewers ended up winning that division. And then they didn't make the World Series last year and they fired their manager and they hired their best friend David Ross to be the manager and everything was going to be great and they had this great year and they won the division and they completely, 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 completely just collapsed against the Miami Marlins. That is an absolute joke for a team that has Hendricks and, you know, and Lester and Bryant and Rizzo and Contreras, and I can go on and on and on and on and on. They, this is an absolute embarrassment for that organization to not only lose to the Marlins, but to get swept at Wrigley Field. Horrible. I think that's an absolutely pathetic job by the Cubs. And I think they should – I think the window might be closed because we don't know Chris Bryant's future. So I think the Cubs are in a real tough spot going forward. I don't, I don't know what this organization is anymore. That, that you know – dynasty that could have been what might have just been kind of a one and done like the 86 Mets or some other team like completely embarrassing yeah it, I, I think I'm, I'm right there with you it might be time to uh to blow it up and start fresh um especially while some of these guys still have value to trade um you mentioned their decline so 16 they made it to the world series 17 NLCS 18 uh wild card 19 missed the postseason, and this year they made it back. Kind of reminds me of the Phillies. Uh, 08, the Phillies won the World Series. 09, they lost in the World Series. And then after that, they lost NLCS, lost NLDS, lost Wild Card Weekend, and then haven't been to the postseason since. Uh, very similar. The Phillies held on to their guys too long um, and weren't able to get value back. For the Cubs, 
you're at a great spot right now to blow it up and get value back. Chris Bryant pretty obviously doesn't want to be there anymore. I think his performance has shown that. He stunk this year. Mm-hmm. He stunk in this series. Trade him while you can. Get something back. Um, I Like Rizzo is the heart and soul of that team, but he's on the wrong side of 30 at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, Baez was horrible this whole year. He's been really bad. He, he's very inconsistent. As flat, he was my best shortstop when, when we did our little fantasy draft. Yeah. as he made me look like an idiot. As flashy as he is, he's not consistent. Mm-hmm. Hayward's not consistent. Hayward's not consistent. And he's on the wrong side of 30. Schwarber can hit the cover. Schwarber's saved by the DH rule. Like they can keep him around just because of that. Yeah, he can hit the cover off the ball, but defensively he's not great. Um, Wilson Contreras is good. I like Wilson Contreras. I think he's a good catcher. I think he's the guy you probably build around. How he's young? He's right. He's still in his mid twenties, right? Yeah, he's still on the younger side. Ian Happ's still young. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, like John Lester's older. He's he's on the mm-hmm. way out. Craig Kimbrell's been awful since they got him. Kyle Hendricks is good. Darvish was good this year. He's still locked up for a couple more years. It was just bad. As you mentioned, it's embarrassing to lose the Marlins, a team who, good for them. They had a great year. They, they rallied around um, you know, their, their COVID issues at the beginning of the year. They came together as a team and, and have made a good run, but they're not supposed to be here. They lost, 50, or they lost 105 games mm-hmm. last year. They were 57 and 105 last year. Mm-hmm. They just got hot. Shortened season, they were benefit of it because – a bad team can play well over 60 games. Um, it's just not good for, for what the Cubs did. It was, it was bad. It, they all looked disinterested to me. Yeah. How it felt. I, I guess they came into it like they were just automatically going to win. I don't think they took the Marlins seriously at all. No, that's it, what it kind of sounded like. It was like, oh, we got the Marlins. We're the Cubs. Like, Great. You're the Cubs. Like your organization is the most like cursed. You've had the weirdest stuff happen to you guys over the last mm. hundred and ten years. Like you should they should not be going in there thinking we're yeah. we're the greatest thing since sliced bread out here because mm-hmm. they haven't been. Do They're, you think they got that you think the uh two thousand sixteen I mean obviously it wasn't a bad thing because they won the World Series for the first time in a million years, but do you think in terms of that core, do you think that made them a little bit because of all the press they got and how they were, you know, kind of heralded as like heroes and like these people that saved Chicago from this curse? Do you think they got into their heads a little bit and they've never been able to recover? Or do you think they just, you know, it, it's just run its course? It's definitely a possibility. It's just like they shouldn't have declined as much as they have. No, just, they're still good. They're still talented guys. Yeah, it's not like even the guys that are over 30, it's not like they're 37, 38 years old and like they've had injuries and stuff like that. They're, they're still in their primes, still able to compete. It's just been it, – it probably is that. that like they, they, Oh, yeah, we won the World Series. Like we're, we're heroes in Chicago for the rest of our lives. Like we, yeah, no matter what they can do. Like, you know, like – your Eagles, Doug Peterson, no matter what he does, I guess he's always going to be the head coach that 
won the Super Bowl for Philadelphia. And no matter what happens after that, whether they don't make the playoffs or they have these heartbreaking losses in the playoffs, it doesn't matter to him because he's this hero. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And the fans have a different, you know, feeling towards you, especially in a city like Chicago for the Cubs. Those fans love the Cubs. It doesn't matter if the Cubs were winning 60 games or 100 games. Those those stands are packed. Fans cheering them on no matter what. Um, so those guys, those players have a special place in the organization and the fans' hearts. So it's going to be – it's tougher uh, to kind of move on and put pressure on them to succeed. And I don't know. It, it, it's just not good. I, 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 it's probably the longest championship hangover in the history of sports is what they're uh, going through. Absolutely. I agree 100%. So before we go to the American League side of things, let's just quickly go over the Miami-Atlanta series. So Miami and Atlanta. We just got over talking about how I said there's no reason – like if you told me, Scott, that Miami would win this series and go to the NLCS against the Dodgers, that would not surprise me at all. Because in a divisional series against a team within your division, you already saw them 10 times this year. I don't have the series, season series at the top of my head right now. I didn't look it up. I probably should have. Um, but Miami could win three games against Atlanta. I'm sure they did this season. Yeah, the, it, it, they're very familiar. It wouldn't shock me at all. They're, they're an interesting team. They, as we've mentioned it many times, they, they do the small things to win games. Um, they steal bases. They bunt. They move runners. They hit behind runners. And they will run into the home run. Jesus Aguilar is a home run hitter. That, that mm-hmm. guy can hit one at any point in any ballpark. Um, Corey Dickerson hit an absolute missile the other day in game one. And the ball Garrett Cooper hit today would have – if the wind wasn't blowing in as much as it was, would have went out of Wrigley. He absolutely mm-hmm. crushed that ball. So they can hit the home run when necessary, but they, they just do the little things, and their pitching staff has been great. Sandy mm-hmm. Alcantara and Sixto Sanchez absolutely shoved it down the Cubs' throats, and they could do the same thing. High-velocity guys in the postseason are a threat because they can strike guys out and not have to worry about putting the ball in play. Like They can just – shove it down your throat and say, here's my best, give me your best. Um, I, I, think the, I think the Braves will win it just because talent-wise, top to bottom, there's just more there. Mm-hmm. Acuna is the I agree with you. Acuna is the second best player in that division behind Juan Soto. Um, Freddie Freeman's going to possibly be the MVP of the National League. Like, they just have the guys to go do it. And I think there's, there's pressure on the Braves to go do it they won their first postseason series since 2001 uh today or yesterday um they need to make it to the the nlcs against the dodgers it's yeah atlanta has everything to lose in this series because miami is not supposed to be here in the first place in fact they should have been in last place under normal circumstances atlanta won the division last two years and then this being the third straight year finally got over the hump in the wildcard round and now are in the same spot where they've lost, lost the last two years. The only difference is it's not the Cardinals and the Dodgers. It's the Miami Marlins. So you cannot, you cannot by any means lose the Marlins, but 
I don't think I don't I don't think they'll lose. I think the Braves will move on. I'm just saying, do not be surprised if the Marlins win this series. Do not be surprised. Absolutely. Because crazier things have happened, and the you know the Braves aren't the 27 Yankees. So, well, that's an interesting series to me. I think you can go all five, but we will wait and see. But we're going to go on to the American League Division Series, and we're going to talk about another embarrassment. There's been a lot. There were a lot of embarrassments, and there's there a lot of good stories. But the teams that lost, they didn't just lose; they completely humiliated themselves. And one of those teams, probably the most of those teams, is the Minnesota Twins, who lost eight their 18th, 17th, and 18th consecutive postseason matchup, getting swept by the Astros, who came into the series and came into the playoffs under 500. So they lost Game One, four to one. They lost Game Two, three to one. That's the 18, as I said before, 18 straight postseason losses for Minnesota. And then we'll get to Correa in a second. But let's just talk about what's on the field right now. Humiliation. I said last episode they should fold the franchise and move it to Montreal or do whatever. They should do that because this is absolutely unacceptable. It's terrible. This wasn't the Yankees. This is an under 500, you know, Astros team that is shot in the leg and was bleeding out this entire year and they had nothing. Altuve was bad. Correa was bad. Springer was bad. Bregman was bad. They had no Verlander. They had no Cole. They had Greinke and Yernique, however you spell his, you know, his last name. I don't even know. They didn't even get to the colors. I don't know how you respond to this if you're the Twins organization. I don't know what you tell your fan base at this point. What can you do? What They, they lost the Yankees in the ALDS last year. They went out, they got Donaldson to add to that already pulverizing offense, and they got Maeda to add to that rotation. They did what they need. They did, you know, they're not an organization that can go out and get a coal. They did as much as they possibly could. They still didn't win a playoff game. What do you, t- if you're the owner of the Twins, what do you tell your fan base at this point? Yeah, I, I don't know. It's like, hey, guys, we made the postseason again. But like, they won the division again. Yeah, but it, it's like, yeah, it's amazing how many games they've lost in a row. Like, they haven't won since Game One of the 2004 ALDS. They got swept after that three straight, and then they lost in 09, 10 to the Yankees, 17 one game to the Yankees, um, they 19 lost one, three straight. They lost one, one year to the Tigers. All that. They lost to the Tigers. Yeah, the Tigers. They got swept by the Tigers. Yeah, and like they've had good players in the, in their history and of recent, but it was it was just embarrassing. To as you mentioned, the Astros had nothing going. I I think the Astros probably would have been okay with not making the postseason and just going home and resetting and coming back next year, but. Now that they're here, obviously they're gonna they're gonna show up and they're gonna they're gonna play. But they were just a team that was walking like on the plank out to be killed. Like it was, they're a bad team. They yeah. another team under five hundred, the first under five hundred team to ever win a you know a postseason series, mainly because they were the first under five hundred team to make the postseason. Yeah, um, works out. Yeah, but. It was just bad by the Twins. And Scott, the series was over when they didn't score in the first inning of game one. They had the bases loaded and yeah. one out. They had them against the wall. Somebody clears the gap there. The Astros are like, all right, you know what? 
it, it is over now because we came in under 500. We just got smoked in the first inning. They would not have won either. If somebody hits, gets a big hit in that first game, in that first inning of the first game, the Twins sweep this series. But yeah, you're absolutely They didn't. And Bregman, get to his credit, I hate the guy. He's the cockiest guy. Actually, the second cockiest guy, the guy who's the cockiest player in the baseball, stands to his left. We'll get, that. We'll get to that. But he makes this incredible play, a play that only him and Arenado and Chapman and Urshela, four guys make. He's one of them. And then, you know, they get the lead on a Nelson Cruz double, and then they give it up immediately. It, that was the killer. That was the backbreaker, that first inning. And then they did the same thing in game two. They had the bases loaded again in the first inning of game two. No big hits from that offense. The, the, probably one of the best offenses of the game, and they completely failed. I am at a loss for words in terms of what this team does moving forward because there's not a lot of changes they can make. So I was trying to think about it, and I wish we had everybody here on the show today, Ty and Cash, maybe we could get a different perspective, a different opinion, a different idea, but there's, I don't know where this team goes from here. I feel like this is just going to be the way it is because – how would this? How can this possibly change? Yeah, because they're they're not a big market team. It's not like they're going to go out and spend a ton of money. But yeah, so I mean, the, the Twins have great players um, from top to bottom. They're a good organization. They have a good core. But it's just amazing that they can't win a game in the postseason, let mm-hmm. alone a series. But to lose every single game in the series is impressive. Um, and they're, they're just kind of stuck. They're going to be, they're going to be good moving forwards just because of the talent that they have. But I don't know what they can do to get better at this point. Mm-hmm. So they're just kind of just eventually fate is going to have to help them out. Yeah. Something, the ball is going to have to break the right, right way. Eventually. Yeah. Eventually something's got to happen to help them. Like they, I mean, they kind of, you have to be able to luck into a playoff win. You would think, but they, they right now they can't. So it's amazing a team like the Marlins has never lost a postseason series ever. But then the and Twins the, are, and the Twins can't win a game. And the Twins have been a good franchise for the most part, and the Marlins haven't. So that's that's absolutely crazy. Talk. Let, let's let's get into Correa. Um, when I, on, I knew he was going to say something, I knew it. I went on and on after beating the Twins congratulations um, about how everybody hates them and nobody wants them there. And how, what are they going to say now? What are they gonna, yeah. They're going to say the same exact things they've been saying for the last eight months. Yeah. What do you mean? What are we going to say now? What is this an accomplishment? I mean, you won a world series before, didn't you? Like, is this really that big of an accomplishment for you beating the Minnesota twins, a team that sucks in the playoffs as we just talked about. And that's going to be your big, Hey, screw you. MLB. Yeah, Are you it, me? it doesn't change anything that happened in 2017. They still cheated their way to a World Series championship. They still continue to deny it and be pompous assholes about it. I know. It, it like, makes him look like such an asshole. Yeah. I don't understand how he thinks that that's a good idea to say things like that. Like, he just needs to shut up. Like, at this point, yeah, he's playing well. He had a good year. He performed in this postseason series. But just shut up. People mm-hmm. will like you so much better if you or just... hate you less. I don't think people are going to like them. Yeah, true. They will hate you less if you just shut up at this point mm-hmm. and go play baseball. Because that's what they are. That's what these guys are... No- they're going to be known for this 
mm-hmm. their entire lives. Nothing is going to change the fact. And Scott, you know what this is going to do? This is going to just keep bringing all this up. So when there are fans again, hopefully next year, it's they're not gonna they're not gonna forget. They're not gonna be like, oh, a whole year has gone by. Let's not you know boo the shit out of them. When yeah. they say things like this and come off as these pompous, narcissistic, you know, douchebags, they are really putting a target on them on their back. If you commit a murder, Scott, are you gonna like stand out in a crowd and say, "Hey, I did it," blah 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 blah, come get me, or are you gonna hide and hopefully not get caught? They they do the complete opposite of what you're supposed to do when you get in trouble and when you get caught for doing something that's against the rules. They are kind of like bloating or gloating. I don't, yeah. I don't understand their thought process. I don't understand the mentality that they have for them to think that that's a good idea. And this guy especially. This guy always has shit to say. Like, remember in, like, June when this, you know, fake letter came out about the Yankees and he was tweeting about it and, yeah. you know, making it look like Yankees did the exact same thing the Astros did or when they, he went back and forth in the first spring training with the Dodgers about if you don't know the facts, then you can shut the fuck up. Dude, you cheated. Everybody knows you cheated. It's been proven that you cheated. To quote, you know, a Fox News anchor, shut up and dribble. Shut up and just play baseball. You do not have the right to talk about this anymore because you're wrong, you're guilty, and you're an embarrassment. And only because Manfred's incompetent, you didn't get you got off for it. So you should get off free, and you should be grateful that you didn't lose any games or didn't get your title stripped. You should take. You know, you should take what, you know, your community is saying about you and just deal with it and not try to fight back because that's a losing battle. And that makes you that makes you look just as bad as the initial crime, in my opinion. Yeah, I I 100 percent agree. He's not helping the situation whatsoever. This the whole thing took a huge toll on Jose Altuve. He was an absolute shell of himself this year. I know you don't care, but I know a the broadcasters during the series were saying that just oh, so annoying. I know it, what you're talking about. Like how it, it just mentally got to Jose Altuve. Like they don't have their swag. They yeah. don't have that chip on their shoulders. Jose's a sensitive kid. It yeah. really took him. Like, give me a goddamn break. Come on. Yeah. And, My and God. Just, they they need to be be quiet. Play baseball. Um, and, and they're gonna, they're not making it past Oakland. I don't think. No, uh, Oakland has something to prove against them because they're a team that they was greatly that. affected by them. Mm-hmm. They lost divisions because of that. Yeah. So I, I hope the A's take it to them. Um, just, yeah. But just to wrap up the, the Astros, I mean, come, you, I mean, congrats on the win. I guess you deserved it, but you gotta, you gotta have some class and some dignity and just shut up and say, it was a hard fought series. Looking forward to the next one against a good Oakland team to bring back the cheating scandal. Uh, stupid. I mean, it's it's well, more it's more making it about yourself than about the team. And Correa is all about himself, apparently. Yes. And it's weird because he's a free agent soon. And you know the Astros. I don't know if they're gonna. I mean, he hasn't really earned that big money contract, in my opinion. He had a great rookie year, but other than that, it's been all he's, right. He's been pretty average, and he hasn't been on the field a lot. I mean, so. he's not. He's not. I mean, Lindor had a down year, but he's not Lindor. No. And he's not Story. And he's not. You know all these other great shortstops are in this game. So like, he should, he should be quiet a little bit. He's not Marcus Simeon. He's not even the best shortstop in his own division. No. So he's not even the best shortstop on his team. Agreed. Bre- Bregman's a better shortstop. Yeah, than him. absolutely. 
Let's move on to that Oakland-Chicago series. I was the only one in this podcast to pick Oakland, not gloating, but just saying. Um, but I wasn't looking good after game one because Giolito shoved for six perfect innings. And the White Sox won game one four to one. And I was like, wow, I could not be more dead wrong. This Oakland team is dead. And, you know, you thought up one nothing with Chicago and their offense, with Keuchel on the mound, that they were just going to find a way to win this series eventually. But it just didn't happen. Oakland – you know, home runs came out in game two, fought off a late comeback by Chicago, won that game, and then, you know, ended up squeaking out game three. Um, it didn't surprise me that the Oakland won because I picked them, but it, it was a little surprising that Chicago lost the series. I understand why a lot of people did take Chicago. A lot of people took Chicago to go to the World Series. Some, in some you know, articles and some analysts that I was listening to and reading had Chicago going all the way. So this was kind of... This series, I feel like, was the most, you know, even series in terms of talent and the and a kind of like a pick 'em series. Yeah. Um, but nothing really more to say about the series. It was a hard-fought series. All three games were put pretty clean. And, you know, Oakland won two and Chicago won one. And that was kind of how I felt about it. Yeah, it, it wasn't I, – I enjoyed the series. I watched a lot of it. Um, I had the White Sox, and I agree. I think the White Sox could have been a team that, that made a run just based off their talent. Um, Tim Anderson was. Absolutely- they're gonna be. They're gonna be here for a long time. Yeah, they they really are. Uh, Giolito's finally figured it out. Mm-hmm. I really. I I never understood why the Nationals traded him for for Adam Eaton. Um, could you imagine Giolito and that Nationals rotation with oh Scherzer God, with, and Strasburg and Corbin? And Corbin. Like wow. those those four would be phenomenal. But he he had a great series. He pitched the obviously pitched a no hitter earlier this year, and then was great in Game One. Um, Tim Anderson was great. Uh, Jose Abreu was great. Just the bullpen killed him in game three. They just, they bullpened that game and they walked a lot of guys and weren't clutch when they needed them. Uh, and, and the A's, they had a great start from Chris Bassett in game two when they needed it. And, uh, their bullpen pitched great in game three. Yeah. Um, there's really nothing more to say about this series. It's one of those series where not a lot of controversy happened. Um, the games were very clean. The umpiring was clean. There was nothing that really could have happened to really sway each way, one or the other. Um, I will yeah. say this, though, about Chicago. Um, I think they need – Agilito's great. He's the ace of the staff. I think they need another guy. I don't think Keuchel's good enough too for this yeah, team they, to they go need where a, they want to go. They need go. a third starter. So whether it's a Bauer um, or maybe someone like a, a Tanaka or a Paxton, if they can pry them from the Yankees, they need that next guy. I don't think Keuchel in this stage of his career is – he's not bad. I take him on the Yankees. I think you take him on the Phillies. Yeah. But he's not a guy to rely on. He's not 2015 Cy Young shut down the Yankees in the wild card game and look absolutely dominant. He's not that Keuchel anymore. No, he's a finesse pitcher. Um, he pitches to contact, and in this age of you know home run or nothing, he can get snake bitten by that. He because he's not going to strike a ton of guys out. Um, he relies on his defense, uh, his teammates behind him. He's a great three at this point. If they can get if if they could somehow go out and I mean their organization has showed they're willing to spend the money. If they can go get a Trevor Bauer, that would be huge. Mm-hmm. Him, those three at the top of that rotation would be would be great, um, and would make them a legitimate contender moving forwards. Because 
they're very close. They are very close. They have a lot of great young talent. Um, uh, so yeah, they're they're definitely a, a piece or two away. At this so that'll bring us to that you know Oakland, Houston, ALDS. And if you're Major League Baseball and you're looking at the American League side of things with the division series, you cannot hand select two better division series to have to promote and market your sport because both these teams, both these you know matchups, the four teams, they absolutely hate the other team. Oakland hates Houston. The Yankees hate Tampa. But we're going we're gonna to get to Yankees and Tampa in a second. We'll dissect those division series in a second. But in terms of Oakland and Houston, they already had a benches-clearing brawl uh, earlier yeah. in the summer. This is going to be a real bloodbath. I think there's going to be a lot of bad blood. I think even more so than a Yankees-Rays series. I think the Yankees and Rays are going to play more straight up trying to prove it to the other team by beating them. I think this series, I don't want to say is going to get violent, but I think it can get really testy in a second. I think Oakland's going to win. I think Oakland's clearly the better team, and I think Houston's only there because the Twins just completely choked. But I think, especially if games get out of hand, like if it's like 10-3, something like that, I think something ugly could happen in this series. I think these teams absolutely despise each other. Plus, big storyline, Mike Fires, who is the whistleblower to this whole thing, is going to pitch at some point against those Astros. I think this is yeah. absolutely fascinating for Major League Baseball. Yeah, ton of great storylines for this series. The the Ramon Laureano brawl mm-hmm. from earlier in the year. I hope he hits a home run in this series and absolutely just pimps one and has some words for that Astros bench. I think this is the series where fans are going to be missed the most in the entire playoffs. Yeah. Especially in Oakland, like mm-hmm. they're they're insane over there. They're they're a weird fan base. They mm-hmm. don't have a ton of support, but when they show up, mm-hmm. it gets rowdy. It gets loud. It's a niche fan base. It's not yeah. a big fan base, but it's a rabid fan base. Especially now that the Oakland Raiders are gone, like mm-hmm. they're all they have. The they, Warriors left too. They, they went lost. To San Fran. Yeah, they lost the Warriors. Well, the the A's are all they have. Um, they got the drum section out there in the outfield. Um. Yeah, it would be great to have them in the uh, fans in the stands for that series. Um, yeah, I, I agree. A's should take it. They're the better team, better run organization, um, more likable by everybody in the world. So it's going to be a good one. I, I, it's going to be exciting just for the storylines. And yeah, it would be great to see Mike Fires. Have a great oh, absolutely. game. They dominate that. Like in a clincher, that's exactly what I want. Mike fires in a clinching game against the Astros. That would be. I think that would be fire. Okay, moving on. We're, we're getting. We're going to talk a lot about the Yankees and Indians. I feel so. We'll just quickly do the Rays and Blue Jays. The Blue Jays didn't deserve to be there. They had a nice year. It was cute, but they had no chance. I don't think they ever really threatened ever. But good for them on the season they had. But Tampa was just overmatched. They overmatched by Tampa. Yeah, I agree. I didn't see a ton of this series. Um, no. Mainly because it wasn't on ESPN. It was the only series that wasn't on ESPN. Yeah, it was on TBS. Um, they're just a young team. They have the young Big break bats. by ESPN not having that. Yeah, young bats, um, but they don't have any pitching yet. They, they mm. need to go find some pitching, um, mainly homegrown pitching. But the Ray, the Rays, we all know about the Rays. They're they're a very good team. Blake Snell had a great start. Um, Glass now got another win. 
they were just a better team, well overmatched. Um, yeah, I don't have much to say about it. Yeah, so take that as you will. That's our analysis on the Rays Blue Jays <laughs> series. There's really nothing. It was there. nothing to it. It, it happened. Was, I don't even have. I've made Scott in front of me. I have notes on every series. I don't even have a notes for the. I didn't even. I forgot to put it down. That's how boring and useless that series was. But moving on, probably the. The most I'm biased, and I paid most attention to this series. But I think I could say that this was the most, you know, tense series out of all of them. Yeah, I um, think it was the most anticipated as well. Yeah, I mean, Yankees Indians. Let's go game by game. Game one was the pitching matchup that you know everybody wanted, and it ended up being a blowout because the Yankees absolutely took it to Bieber. He went five and two thirds, seven earned runs. Seven strikeouts. This is the guy that won the triple crown for pitching. Now, we talked about how the Central had these seven teams in the playoffs and blah, 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 and then none of them won. Now, the same can be said about Bieber. I'm not saying Bieber's a bad pitcher. He's not. He's one of the best in the games. But you went from pitching against all these Central teams that, you know, you have the Royals and the Tigers and the Pirates, you know, and teams, you know, like the Reds. And the tw- and the Reds and the you know and the Cardinals who don't hit much really only you're only really playing the the Twins at that point and the White Sox so that's really only two teams that can hit that you're facing you're not facing all the other teams out there so Bieber's record and his numbers are against those teams only and when you go up against the Yankees that's stepping up in weight class to use a boxing term and I he wasn't he wasn't he clearly wasn't ready for it and you know. Four pitches in, Judge hits the two-run home run. That's a punch in the face for Bieber and the Indians. And in game one, they weren't able to recover because they just kept going. And Glaber hit a big home run, and, and uh, Stanton hit a home run, and Gardner hit a home run. The, Cleveland just wasn't ready, I think, for the Yankees in game one. No, absolutely not. I think the Indians um, expected Bieber to be what he was during the regular season. It might have been a little relaxed and said, oh, hey, this guy has been absolutely dominant all year long. We only need one or two runs. Yeah, We're going to go win this game. I mean, they're going up against Garrett Cole. The guy was the best pitcher in the league last year. Seven innings, two earned runs, 13 strikeouts for Cole. Yeah, like I don't know how that team could have been like relaxed going into that, thinking Mm -hmm. we have Shane Bieber on the mound and saying, oh, but you know that Garrett Cole guy, he's, he's nothing special. Like we can we can get him. Like, what are you thinking? That guy had three hundred plus strikeouts last year, right? And just signed the biggest contract any pitcher has ever received. The guy's the best in the world right now. Like, you, you, they needed to be prepared. They weren't, and the Yankees were. Um, getting production out of Judge was awesome. You got production out of Stanton. Mm-hmm. Glaber went four for four, right? Yep. Like. They got it from top to bottom in that game, which is what, and when the Yankees are going, is what mm-hmm. can happen. Because Glaber's not a seven hole hitter, but yeah. he's hitting seventh right now. Mm-hmm. Like, the Yankees are just deep. They're scary. Yeah. Uh, and they jumped them and they did exactly what they needed to because getting past Bieber was the, like, the hard point in that series. Because yeah. once they got past him, it's free game. So. Mm-hmm. And I think the most important thing that happened, not only in this game, but really in the series, and that says a lot because game two was a classic, an all-time classic, and we're going to get we're gonna deep dive into that. But the most important thing that happened to me, in my opinion, in this whole series was Judge's home run. 
in the first inning. That set the tone, not only for the series for the Yankees, but the entire rest of the way for the Yankees, because we didn't know what the Yankees were because they had, they were this team 16 and six, five and 15, 10 and 0, two and eight. We had no idea what team this was. They are not, they, in the regular season, they were not the same team on the road than they were at Yankee stadium. Um, and judge coming off the IL didn't do much in his at bats that he had to tune up for the playoffs. So, a lot, a lot of Yankee Nation, a lot of you know Yankee Universe is really nervous about this series going up against Bieber and a very good Indians team that has playoff experience. The Yankees could have easily got swept in this series, um, just judging by going by the rosters and by how both teams were playing going in. And Judge, in the fourth pitch of the game, hits a two-run home run, and the entire city of New York just takes a collective deep breath, like, okay, we're going to be fine. And then the Yankees keep rolling. And that's what a captain does. You can say all you want about Judge and his injury history, and that's all valid because he needs to stay on the field more, especially if they want to get the contract that he wants. But when he's on the field, he is the leader of the team, and he sets the tone for the team almost like, like Jeter did the last generation. He, he's the guy on this team. And if he doesn't hit that home run, this whole series is different. Yeah, and we've seen it before from Judge. He did it in the wild card game. Was it two years ago against yeah, the A's? Against Oakland. He hit the huge home run in the first inning. Like he's known to do this. And something like that, especially from your leader, he does that early on in the game that jolts everybody else and it puts the opposing team on the ropes. And it did. Uh shook Bieber and then they beat his brains in for the next couple innings. Um and it, it catapults you going into game two. And you have that momentum now going into this DS series against the race. It was huge uh, for them to go out and win game one. So the Yankees win game one, 12 to three. And then game two happens. And game two was probably the most stressful game I ever watched in my entire life. I was pacing around this room right here, just in circles <laughs> the entire time. So let's start about, let's start talking about MLB and what their, their complete mess up to start this game with the rain. So, they delay the start of the game because there's rain and that's fine. That's totally fine. It was a 50 minute rain delay. So be it. They start the, they start the game. It's very windy and Carrasco gets to the top of the first. That's fine. They come back from commercial. ESPN comes back from commercial. Scott, it's like the end of the world. It's a complete hurricane, a typhoon, if you will. How they allowed to – first of all, they shouldn't have started the game if they knew this was coming. There's Doppler radars. You can see this coming. There's no way a storm like that goes undetected by Doppler radar. It's impossible. I'm not a meteorologist, but, like, I, I have common sense. They should not have let Tanaka throw a single pitch in that bottom of the first. They should have put the tarp on during the commercial break. That is an all-time mess-up by MLB. And it really impeded Tanaka's ability, one, to have a good top of the first because he gave up an RBI double and the Indians scored four runs. And it impeded him from going further in the game and really hurt the Yankees' bullpen where they had to use Luizaga in must-get situations later on. It was a complete bad job by Major League Baseball in their marquee postseason series, the one that they you know marketed all the time, more than any of the other series. That was the one they were advertising and they completely dropped the ball on it. That's an embarrassment by MLB. They can't let that happen. Yeah. Game game should have never started. You you already delayed it 50 minutes. Delay the next extra 30 minutes after that. Like 
no big deal. You're not in that big of a rush. Like you could have gotten the game in the next day if you had to, or it goes on late. Like who cares? Like, you mm-hmm. know, it's on late at night. It was late anyway. It was a yeah. two in the morning game anyway. Yeah. Like it, it really did. It, I mean, I mean, once they started, like I think they kind of had to like try and go for it because you would have been screwing the Indians and in Carrasco mm-hmm. if you just threw the one inning and then shut it down. Um, but you know, Tanaka, he struggled in that first inning, but he kind of rallied and held it down afterwards, yeah. which was good because it could have gotten ugly for the Yankees really quick. He kind of put the brakes on things and kept them in it. So their offense could get back into the game. But yeah, you're absolutely right. Game should have never started when yeah. it did. So the Yankees get down four, nothing Stan hits a big home run, makes it four, one couple innings later, Gio comes up bases loaded. Hits that huge grand slam off the reliever who is dressed like Vaughn. Like he had the haircut, he had the number, he had the velocity, all that didn't matter. Gio absolutely deposits one to left field, and all of a sudden the Yankees are up 5-4. And I don't know how you felt, Scott, but when that happened, and it was only 5-4, it felt like it, it was like 15-4. to like yeah. It felt like the Yankees were completely in control. That was it. That's the game. But to the Indians' credit, they came back. Uh, the Yankees got rid of Tanaka because he – I, I think first and second or whatever it was, and they brought in Green, who gave up immediately the game tying double. I think it was six. It was six to four, and then Green gave up the double to make it six six. And then Sanchez comes up, hits the home run, makes it eight six, and it's just this back and forth throughout the entire time. And then the Indians end up taking the lead in the ninth inning. Well, there's a couple reasons why. One, because they're the Yankees' bullpen, and we'll get to this in future episodes when everyone's back. The Yankees' bullpen isn't as dominant as it used to be. Uh, Green gave up runs. Britain ran out of gas. Uh, Loizaga, a poor guy, poor, poor, poor kid, hard to hard to ask to poor, hard to ask him to make those kind of outs. He's not you know that kind of reliever. No. So the Yankees find themselves down going into the ninth inning, and they have Brad Hand. On the mound, 16 for 16 in save opportunities. Hasn't blown a save. And it goes – actually, no, I want to go back for a second. I'm sorry. Ch- uh, Chapman gives up the lead, so it's 9-8. And then Urshela makes this absolutely insane double play, diving to his left and getting up in time, throwing it to LeMahieu, tosses it to Voight or, Vo- or Ford, who was in the game for defense at that point. Just incredible game by Gio Urshela. Like, he's an absolute star. Yeah, he, he's an incredible player and somebody that the, the Indians gave up on because he didn't really hit when he was with the Indians. He's always been great defensively. Um, that grand slam he hit was an absolute bomb. He crushed that baseball. Um, I, I was shocked. Like, I was amazed at how well he hit that. Like, as soon as he hit that ball, you knew. And it was, as you mentioned, it was kind of a da- – you felt like it was a dagger, and I was like, oh, wow, like the Yankees, they have control of this. And the bullpen had its issues. Um, yeah, the kid's phenomenal. He, he's an incredible player, and you're barely paying him anything. Like, yeah. hold on to him for that. 25 grand. You can get a good car for more than that. Hold on to that kid for dear life because yeah. he's phenomenal. And, like, you, they kept showing him on the bench. Like, he had the biggest smile on his face, like – he was just so happy in that moment. Mm-hmm. Um, that whole game um, was was incredible for him. So, Yeah, so in the ninth inning, the Yankees, they come back and they get a walk from Stan. Stan had a very good series. 
I will give him credit. I'm the biggest stand critic. Scott, I think you know that by now. Yes. Um, I got to give credit to him. He had a great series. He had a home run in game one, home run in game two, um, had a sack fly, had a huge walk in the ninth inning. I thought for sure he was going to strike out. I was like, there's no chance this guy's coming up big for us. But he got that walk. Um, Urshela punches one up the middle, base hit first and second glaber gets that high chopper hand can't field it gardner strikes out sanchez i was like oh this is a double play waiting to happen we're going i'm very pessimistic when this kind of thing's happening <laughs> he hits the sack fly dj lemayhu who went into that bat 0 for 4 that was the one time i was confident in that inning because i was like he's too good to go 0 for 5 in a game yeah. he's not it's not gonna happen and he gets down 0 2 i'm like oh shit like if they don't score here i don't think they're gonna win the game he gets the big hit and then chapman closes it like a really, really, really great game for the Yankees. And really, an all-time great game. That's a game that I will remember as a Yankee fan for a long time. That was crazy. Yeah, it, it was an awesome game. Great for great for Major League Baseball to have a game like that back and forth. Uh, as you mentioned, DJ LeMahieu isn't going 0-5 in that situation. It does not matter uh, who was pitching in that spot. Mm-hmm. DJ LeMahieu was going to find a way. Uh, to come up big for the Yankees. It's just what he does. Um, the guys always hit. There's never been any question about that. And the, another guy that the Yankees got for a steal, like the fact mm-hmm. that they got him, what was it, two years and I don't two even years, know. I think it was $12 million a year. Like that's an absolute steal. for. They, did, they have that. They have the Urshela. They have the, 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 Torres, the Torres deal, the, the trade, the Voight trade. The, the list goes on and on about the you know fleeces that Cashman's put on Major League Baseball. Yeah. If you're a GM and Brian Cashman calls you about some no name guy in your organization, <laughs> you have to phone twice. You're gonna be like, phone. I don't. You're gonna be like, oh, what does he know that I don't? It's incredible. Yeah, because like a couple of years ago, I know when the Yankees first got Luke Voigt, I was very skeptical of him because I thought he was just a burnout in St. Louis and wasn't gonna do anything. Guy won the home run crown this year. Yeah. Um, but like, it just as you mentioned, just an all-time great game. Uh, people are going to remember this one. And like, I guess the only pot like negative to it is you know the rain pushed it back. Um, it was a late game. Mm-hmm. Like, if that's a middle of the day game, and like you can get like an average baseball fan to watch that game, like, and also it was competing with the NBA Finals. Yeah, they're going to be blown like. An average fan's going to be blown away by that game that mm-hmm. gets them hooked in moving forwards. Um, but just just an awesome game all around. And I I know you're probably still going to be skeptical moving forwards of your Yankees, but I think they just they have the right momentum right now. Um, mm-hmm. They feel confident. And if Stanton's going to play well moving forwards, knock on wood, like that's huge for them. Um, yeah, let's segue into a quick kind of preview for the LDS, and then we'll just wrap it up. Like Yankees Rays, this was going to happen. I mean, we know the drama. We know the throwing at people dating back a couple years when, you know, they threw at Romine, then CC threw him back, and all this stuff happened. And now this year with Chapman appealing his suspension and Kevin Cash saying, I have a stable of guys that throw 98, whatever. These teams don't like each other. I think it's funny that they're sharing a same, the same hotel in San Diego. I think that's really funny, but these teams do not like each other. Um, I don't think it has the potential to get as kind of ugly as the Oakland Houston series. Cause I think that hatred runs much deeper because it's more, it's more than just on the field. It's off the field as well with the cheating scandal, but 
MLB needs to be thrilled with the Yankees Rays matchup because these are the best two teams in the American league. Um, I think it could go either way. Um, I'm going to pick the Yankees because I'm a Yankee fan, obviously. And I'm going to go down with the ship. Even, even I didn't believe they'd win the C- Cleveland series. I took, I still took them. I thought they were going to lose to Cleveland, but because I'm a Yankee fan, I have to take them. I think the key is going to be after Cole, because I know Cole's going to show up and he's going to pitch well. Is Tanaka going to pitch well? After Tanaka, is Hap going to pitch well? Is Garcia going to pitch well? Because remember, Scott, all these games are in a row. There's no off days. So Cole's pitching once in the series. Who else is going to get outs for this team? I think their offense is going to do well against Snell and Glass now. They can easily not do well and they can get shut out. But the way they're swinging the bats now, I think swinging the bats well on the road away from Yankee Stadium is not only big for you know moving on in the playoffs, but just for their confidence sake, because everyone said, oh, they're only bad at Yankee Stadium. Luke Boyd said before the series that that was bullshit, and he was right. So I think that demon has been exercised. Can the Yankees get the big outs that don't come from Cole? Because Cole's going to get the outs. Is Snaka going to get the outs? Is Garcia going to get the outs? Is Chapman going to get the outs? Is Britton going to get the outs? Is Green going to get the outs? And here's another thing, Scott. For, with their bullpen, you can't hide Ottavino in this series if it goes five. Ottavino's eventually – Ottavino or Holder or Loisega. You're going to have to pitch. Somebody's going to have to pitch. So they're going to need someone other than Chapman, Britton, and Green to get big outs in the series. So is Ottavino going to step up? That's something that I'm going to be looking forward to seeing. Yeah, they, they're definitely going to need their pitching staff to come up big uh, moving forward, especially with these games being back-to-back-to-back-to-back. To back to back to back. Um, I, I, don't, I don't really get it. I don't understand why they're doing it, but it's the way it is. Every team's going to have to deal with it moving forwards. Um, it's going to be a great series. I, I think the Yankees are going to win. I th- they're just the, they're the better team. They have more firepower. Um, but as, you're right. They could go either way. The Rays know how to win games. That's why they have the second-best record in baseball this year. They're a good team. But I, th- there's just more firepower in that Yankees lineup top to bottom. If Gleyber Torres is hitting seventh and is going to hit 700 the rest of the way, mm-hmm. like – you can't ask for anything more from your seven hole hitter. And you know what? Gary Sanchez hit. Yeah. He, he, he got did some big, job. He did what he needed to do. So if you can get him to be somewhat productive too out of the nine hole, mm-hmm. like there, there's really no and reason. Garner hit too. Yeah. Garner and Sanchez hit. Those are the eight, nine guys. So. The, only, the only two guys that didn't really hit were Judge and Hicks. But yeah. Judge had the huge home run and mm-hmm. and Hicks gets on base. So yeah. they're gonna they'll pick their average up, but the, the Yankees are too good top to bottom to to not win this series. I I agree. But you know, they were two and eight against Tampa. So you gotta give Tampa the respect that they deserve. Yeah. And obviously their pitching is just deeper. So the Yankees will win this series if somebody if somebody other than Cole steps up. That's going to be my little my challenge for the Yankees, but we'll see what happens. And that's that's our show for our little wild card re- review. Um, hopefully next week, Cash and Ty will be back, or whenever we record next, it might be it might be as early as this weekend to really get in depth with the ALDS. But we'll see what happens. It's very fluid for this entire month of October. But Scott, just you and me, it went it went pretty well. 
Yeah, maybe was, we, maybe we don't need Ty and Cash. We might not. We could we could cut him out if necessary. Uh, yeah. Glad glad we were able to hop on here tonight. Uh, a little late night recording session. We went from early morning earlier this week to now midnight Eastern. I'm much time more here. comfortable doing this at midnight. Than yeah, I, I know. I know you're a night owl. I'm starting to hit you know the end of my my stride because you know I'm up earlier in the day. But um, glad we were able to get on here tonight. Uh, recap the great first week of playoffs. Hopefully, we got a whole more whole another month of this. So yep. It's gonna be. It's gonna be. It was a great wild card series. Going to be a great division series, and it's only going to get better as we march towards the World Series. We're going to be doing this podcast every step of the way, and that is just going about going to do it for us on Base Ship Before for Scott Roswald. My name is Glenn Denegas. We will see you next time.